The following is a presentation of the Six Arrows Radio Network. Welcome to the Modern Christian Men Podcast with your host, Kale Nelson. So this is uh, episode number 10, the Modern Christian Men Podcast. I'm your host, Kale Nelson. This is the follow-up, the second part of the interview I had with a, just a lifelong friend of mine, Spanky Byers. Uh, his, his real name's Jared, but uh, <laughs> we st- I still call him Spanky. The kids call him Spanky around the house because that's what we know him as. And uh, Jared's been breaking down uh, what's been happening in his life over the last year or so as, as he's gone through divorce. He's a young man. He's a millennial. And uh, he's telling us a story now about someone finding their wife in a crack house and taking her out of that house and how that is reflecting uh, kind of where God's finding him at and, and making him new, taking him in uh, into his arms full of grace. If, if you've missed episode number nine, make sure you go back and listen to that. It's Jared Byers, part one. This is part two. Part three will follow soon. And uh, thank you again for listening. My name is Kel Nelson. If you want to learn more about us here, you can visit us at modernchristianmen.com. I grabbed her hand more than she grabbed mine, but I took her by the hand and I started to lead her out of the bedroom only to feel a tug when he was trying to leave the room. And he said he looked back and she was holding on to the other guy's hand. And he said, you know, it hit me then. That's what happened to me when I saw God's grace, when I was pointing my finger, but I just was like, I was looking in a mirror and I'm pointing right back at myself. Um, he said, that's God's grace for us to hold Jesus's hand and for us to hold somebody else's hand or to have money in another hand or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And God says, it's okay. I'm still going to love you. And I still accept you. No matter if you're holding on to that right now, I'm not going to let go of your hand. It's going to hold on even harder. And it's okay. I still love you. And that was huge for me to see kind of what we do as the bride of Christ. You know how he, how he says that we, it's like we, it's like adultery. You know, that's a, it's a horrible thing. And it's a horrible thing, word to say even. But um, even through that, even choosing idols or people, um, he still accepts us and that's grace. And grace is actually, it's a verb. It's not just a word that, um, it's like love. It's something that you actually do. Like God actually gives us grace every day. Mm -hmm. He extends that grace every day. Um, and that's, what's amazing to me that I'm learning about God is my life hasn't been written, but he has enough love and grace for me to where if I, I'm going through a hard time or if I'm struggling with something, I can pray to him and I can ask him for help and he'll do it. Um, now there are times that we ask for things and he doesn't answer. And I don't understand some of that, but I think that he does. But going back to the hardest thing I've ever gone through is my divorce. I, I had someone say, well, God knew, you know, that's not, it's not as surprise to God. And I believe that it's not as surprise to God. Um, but I don't think that God had it planned for me and my wife to get divorced. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Um, I think it hurts uh, because he sees how much it hurts us. 
Um, I've got really good friends that are, that are products of divorce from their parents. And, and I know that that's for most of them, if it's not the hardest thing, it is the hardest thing, um, in their life. Uh, it's, if it's not the hardest, it's one of the hardest things in their life that they've ever gone through is their parents splitting up. Um, and thank God I, we didn't have, we don't have children, but, um, it's an awful thing. It's a horrible thing. Um, but you know, we, if it's a spouse, you know, we feel that with, with death, it's, it's a death basically is what I've had to come to terms with about, um, about divorce. And it's almost harder. You know, I experienced the death with my brother, Josh, in 2003. That was such a, that was a shocker, you know, getting a phone call and somebody saying, Hey, Josh is dead. Um, he was dead, but it was a shock. It was like, I didn't process that all at once. You know, it's, um, a tragedy and with this it's been a year and a half in the making and it's been brutal it's to to try and you know love someone that's that's not necessarily trying to love you back the same way and that's not saying anything bad about anybody but um, I think that's what Jesus does with us constantly I don't think we show him the amount of respect or love um, obviously that he's owed um, but he still loves us back and to experience that uh, was awakening for me because um, that's hard and it killed me. It killed me to to go through that and to learn that, you know, um, being married, it takes two people and um, you got to both be in it. You know, you know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so control, letting go of control, huge, huge for me. I still struggle with it. I still struggle with all of this stuff, but um you know, trying to control things and other people. It ended up controlling my life. Um, trying to control other people controls yourself. Um, and it's, it's crippling when you do that. Um, just like I've learned recently, um, loving something like a car or toys, um, like, you know, getting the best car or whatever, the most expensive this or that actually makes you feel more in poverty. Like you feel like you're never going to have enough. So you're always feeling like there's more, um, just like with, uh, a relationship, you know, if you, if you're not in a place where you can take care of yourself, then you're sure as heck not going to take care of somebody else, much less both of you. And I've learned hard way, um, that you can't rely on someone to fix you. And I think that I did that for a long time and I didn't rely on Jesus to fix me, but I relied on someone else or other people. And that's a transition I'm going through now. It's, I've got to learn to love Jesus more than anybody, than anything ever. And that is really hard to do. It's a daily thing. It's like, if you asked me to share my testimony, Kel, mm-hmm. I would have laughed for, first of all, um, second of all, I would have just told you I'm still building one. I would have just said, uh, you know, still working on that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I told somebody the other day that, that I was playing a show with Peter Furler and we had an interview and the first question was, Hey, can you, can you share a little bit about your testimony? And I don't know. I just, I have a bad experience playing with bleach. Um, we would play secular shows and we'd play some Christian shows and we'd have some Christian shows that were very questionable. We don't know what somebody's going to say that is something that you don't really believe in. Um, 
you can have a pastor go on stage to introduce you and say things that you're like, uh, I'm pretty sure Davey actually went on stage and the pastor said something crazy where Davey had to like, before we played, he was like, I just want you guys to know that's not what we think. We don't believe in that. What this guy just said. So it was pretty funny, but, um, <laughs> I, yeah, can, I can uh, see him doing that. Yeah. Davey, man. Totally. He, I love him. I love him so much. Cause he, he's not okay. Like he's like, I've got to say something. He's not going to not say something. That's his personality, which is great. And it, it calls for very awkward times, which is, you can look at it too and think it's funny. And it has been, but it's also like, Eesh, you could cut this with a knife, you know? Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's really interesting, man. It's like, we have to choose, like our testimony is a daily thing. We have to choose what, we're going to worship how we're going to live, what we're going to live for every day. Um, so that's, that was like a big part of my testimony is it's not just, well, we would have a pastor also ask us, Hey, which one of you guys has the most interesting testimony? I want you to share. And we would like, basically it's the pastor saying, Hey, which one has the most interesting story? Right. Like one of you or one of you on drugs, was you, you know, have sex before you're married, something like that, that you can tell everybody that God saved you from. And it's like, come on, man, that's not what this is about. Yeah. Like, if you want to hear a testimony, like, maybe just ask me what my story is and you're going to hear it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that would probably just naturally come out. I might tell you about the coolest thing that's ever happened to me, and that's finding Jesus and having the freedom and eternal life from the gift of Jesus. Like that is a big deal. And that is something that a lot of people don't add in their story anymore. They don't volunteer it. I don't know why. Maybe it's the whole millennial thing, man. Hmm. Um, but, uh, man, I, and I'm saying this, I'm saying all of this out of where I'm at today. Um, and I'm just trying to be transparent with, with you about what I'm going through and things I'm learning. Um, but I say all of that, anything I tell you today, I'm changing. It's like, if you look at any songs that I've been a part of writing or have written in the past, like with bleach, um, or any of the guys like Davey or Milam, Jerry, Sam, any of those guys, Matt, um, when you ask them about that song, it's like, uh, it's, it's weird. It's like when you write a song, say, five years old or five years before today, or if I wrote a song 10 years ago, that is a different person. Mm -hmm. And so it's weird to look back at the music and the song that you write. And it's weird for somebody to ask you, what does that song mean? Where did that come from? And it's like, when they ask you that you have to go back. Yeah. It's like, if you really want to tell somebody what you wrote it about, you kind of have to revert back to, well, this is the person that I used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is what the heart that I wrote this song from. This is where it came from. This is, or an experience. Um, and so anything I say today, man, I might laugh at it and think, oh, he thought he knew everything, you know, five years down the road. I, I might listen to this and, and be completely embarrassed. I probably will. But I'm just saying everything in the sense that we're changing. We change every day. Um, and I am in the middle of, you know, something different, um, in my life where I'm, I'm actually seeking God. I'm trying to find what my identity is instead of drums or, uh, my identity and being a husband. Um, I want to learn that. And 
I want to try and figure myself out, try and figure out my relationship with God. I want to learn more about God. Um, I also want, I want the strength to be able to hear from God. I want the strength to be able to see God. I think God's blessed me with, uh, you're not ready for it. Like for me to say, God, I want to see you. Why don't you just show me yourself? Or why don't you just give me this voice where I hear you? And that's me just being like, well, God's, I think now I think God's too powerful to do that. I think he's saving me um, from that because it might kill me if I hear or see God right now. But I want to ask for that strength. I want to experience every little bit that God gives me. And that might just be walking through nature. And I'm looking at a beautiful flower right now. Like, I see God in that. But it takes getting out there. It takes being uncomfortable and asking to see God and asking to hear from God. And we can see and hear from God every day, all day, but we have to be able to receive it. We have to be in a place where we can receive God. But to do that, this last half year of my life, I've shut off emotions because I've gone through a divorce. It's been brutal. So what did I do to survive? Well, I, I allowed myself to be angry. I allowed myself to, feel victimized, which I don't anymore. I'm not a victim and I'm not going to give that, um, any of my energy anymore, but I experienced that. I experienced, um, a lot of things, rejection, all kinds of things that you, loneliness, um, you experience through hard times. Um, and, uh, I'm just, it's just, um, it's, it's like, it's just a part of my story. And, and it's when I learned um, to actually hear from God uh, and it's through those hard times. And I, and I went through it again. You know, I, we go through it time and time again. I, you know, Lecrae, yeah. the rapper. Um, I've been on a few tours with him and um, last year I did a tour with him and Switchfoot. It was an amazing tour and they were great guys to be around. And it was in the midst of just craziness when my world was just falling apart. And that was just, a godsend to put me on tour with such great people. And I remember asking him, I'm like, Lecrae, have you ever been through like times in your life where you're just like, what's going on? Like everything's falling apart and you don't know if it's going to stop. And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I went through that in uh, 2001, um, 2007, 2012. And he just started telling me like years and months. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. Okay. I get it. You've been through it. But it was things that were so huge where, you know, he experienced something. He, I don't know everything that he experienced, but it was just crazy that that's his timeline. Like he can just tell you this year, this year, this year. Yeah. Um, but it was all things that made him who he is. He's a great man. He's a cool dude. Um, I respect him so much on, on things that, that he says and, and his knowledge on the Bible and, and about God. And, and so, you wouldn't have that Lecrae if he didn't go through those experiences, basically is what I'm saying. Yeah, and like um, you wouldn't be who you are if you hadn't have gone through and, and been through and lived through and seen and been a part of the things you've had to face or gone through to, you know, like your mom's been sick, you lost your brother, you know, you lose your grandmother, right. you know, you, you hit the road at 17 years old. I mean, it's just a divorce I mean, there's just so many things and everything is stacked against you, you know, but going back to what you were saying about your testimony a few minutes ago, 
the, the Bible does say that we are, we're strengthened by the words of our testimony. And mm-hmm. I, I think we can kind of take that a couple of different ways. One of the ways I always like to look at it is, man, when I can see where he's brought me from to where he has me now, there, there has to be something big, real, and especially powerful to, to take me from where I was to where I am today. But because Kel couldn't have done that on his own, there's no power inside of me that could have gotten me here. Sure. So just as you're, right. you're, you're changing, I hate the word evolving, but as you're evolving, you're, you're coming into a deeper relationship with him and, and an understanding. I mean, there's just, you're just continuing to build up those words of your testimony that will be used to strengthen you this time next year. That's right. Yeah. And it's a, it's, it's more like a living you know, we would see Jesus like as a living sacrifice. I think it's similar. It's a, it's a, a daily testimony as, as far as like our choice. We have the choice to, to whatever, but you're right. I get what you're saying about um, that moment. There was a moment that we actually received Christ, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and that's huge. I think that is the greatest moment of our life. That's the biggest blessing we could have or experience in our life. Um, but I'm just saying, ever, ever since then, which is what you said, I'm just wording it differently. Ever since then, every day is kind of the same thing where we have to take up our cross. We have to remember, and we don't feel like it. Like that's the toughest thing. We don't feel like doing that. Or sometimes I still don't believe it. Like, was that, was that real? You know, I was young. I'm a PK. So I grew up in church and I saw my friends get saved and, and I've looked back and questioned, man, did I, did I get baptized and accept Jesus for the right reason? Was I afraid of hell? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it's just another one of those things that you can question and look back at, but I know it was real deep yeah. down. Um, but some days you, things happen and, and you wonder, well, you our, know, you know our, our enemy walks around like a lion and he's going to try to distract us and push us down and keep us, uh, keep our eyes looking somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, that's Wait, what are you talking about Satan? Yeah, the devil, the bad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the pitchfork. Yeah, if if you want to see him that way. So so let, let yeah. me let me stop you here for a second because I I got to know as a millennial, you now I know you have a different understanding. I'm asking for you to speak for your peers when when they think about God and you said they can't see they can't understand why a good God would give someone cancer or let a little girl die or something. Uh, does that mean they don't understand the reality of who he is in his preeminence and uh, who Satan is and his his realm or his actual being? Is there is there a separation of understanding there? Absolutely. I think there is. Um, I think there is a lack of understanding, which, gosh, pray and ask God to understand him. Good luck. I don't know if that's really possible, but I think that we can experience um, more and more of God if we really, really desire to, if we want to, if we want to know God on a deeper level, Mm -hmm. I think we're going to experience more and learn more about who God says he is. Like the book I'm reading now, like the Bible says who God is. Um, There's a lot of guys, um, you know, with like Paul being arrested and, you know, he was like, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that wanted God to um, have vengeance, revenge on someone for for doing something to them or doing something against God that He didn't, 
and ultimately one day we will, we'll all have to see God face to face and be judged. But there we go. I said judged. Wow. Um, I do think it is a lack of really knowing God. Um, and I say that from myself, um, my experience growing up in a church, you would think I would know more maybe than somebody that didn't, but, um, that's not the case. Um, I'm learning a lot right now of, of, of a different picture of God than what I've had before. And, um, and the God that I had before is a God that I I did. I, I, and I still struggle with some things and there's some things about God that is just, it's uncomfortable. Um, but it's also a mystery. He's a mystery. And, and there's a point where you have to be okay with that. You you know, we're not ever going to know everything about God reasons behind um, someone dying of cancer or something uh, awful like that. Or, you know, one thing that that's really, really killed me recently is working with food for the hungry. Um, We're in India now and we're helping get these kids that are sex slaves. We're helping them um, get out of that and helping their communities. Like their parents are actually selling them and making money, um, off of their children having, you know, just pimping, pimping out the kids. And I talked to a guy that's really high up with food for the hungry that his job is to go to these countries and see these things. And it's awful. It's horrible to see. He's got a crazy job, but he's also the one that brings it to the table and says, all right, guys, this is what's going on. How do we end this? How do we get them out of poverty? This way of thinking, this way of life that they've lived for thousands of years. And I looked at him when he was telling me about this. He's like, yeah, I think we're going to be able to do something and help them in India and these communities. And I was just like, how in the world do you think you're going to have an influence on like this belief or this way of life that's happened for hundreds or thousands of years? And that's why he has his job, by the way. (laughs) He just started to spout off. He just started to spout off. "Um, Let's teach him how to farm. Let's give them jobs. Let's grow their economy. Let's give them good places to live, fresh water. Um, it was like, oh my gosh, you're right. So then they don't have to sell their children. Um, but also let's show them through helping them. Let's show them the love of Jesus. Like, this is a horrible thing. This is a horrible thing. But we're still going to help you. And we want to end this by helping you. We want to give you life. Like we want to give you water, um, clean water. We want to give you food. We want to help you grow your economy so you can take care of your children. You can live better. And through doing that, that's how we want to try and help end their poverty, whatever that is. We all live in poverty in some way, but for them, it might be the lack of income. So we're going to do what it takes. And that's just what our parents did to us. That's what my grandparents did to my parents so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, poverty is a state of mind and, um, it's educational. It's educating someone and showing them what their poverty is, why they're in poverty and how to get out of it. And, um, saying all of that, um, that's me educating myself on God. Um, where do I live? Where, where am I living in poverty? Like where in my heart? 
Um, what, what am I clinging on to when I need help? If it's not, if it's not going to God, then what do I go to? Is it buying something? Um, as a guy, is it pornography? Is it having sex? Is it just having a relationship or a chat with a girl or uh, money, whatever, whatever it is. It's like, if it's not God, then I would say it's an idol. Yeah. I've, um, I've, I've tried to teach my kids that when you come, when it comes down to the very most minute detail, it's either good or bad. There's not like, right. there's no gray. I mean, really there's no gray. That's right. And that's hard, man. That is so hard. Well, yeah. I mean, we're just directed at every point to be told that that's gray and that's gray and that's gray because it's not really that bad, you know, and it's not going to hurt that much. And if nobody knows, it's not a big deal. And it's only, you know, 90 days, same as cash. I mean, you can, you just, you pick up, you pick your poison literally. And, uh, right. Right. So, well, dude, I'll, I'll say something crazy right now. That's talking about, whoa, he's really lost it. Um, our sins, like, when God talks about being uh, graceful and merciful, you know, at the end of that scripture, he talks about how he also is, uh, he judges us. He's a God that judges. And not only do we get judged, but our sons and daughters and their sons and daughters will also be judged by our actions. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that'll, crazy, right? That'll mess you up on it. Yeah, how do you believe in a God? Like, that's where you go back to, like, whoa, I thought we served a loving God. Like, what is this about? Um, but it's the truth. It's it's not him. It's not him, like, letting a swarm of bees, you know, or a cloud. You're going to have a cloud, like the dude in Charlie Brown that has a cloud over him or whatever. Uh, or is that Charlie Brown? Or yeah. No, he's got, like, the stinky, stinky yeah, cloud. Was, I can't yeah, remember. That was Pigpen with the dirty the dirty yeah that's right so you know it's not that it's um it's what we see uh through our generations um what we're talking about the millennials um and the lack of church the lack of community the lack of good community Mm -hmm. um the lack of believing in something um like a god that is the creator is all powerful and believing in him, even though it can be hard to believe in him, not making up the God that you want to believe in or deciding that you're not going to follow that God, because if he does that, then that's not cool. You know, it's like, you're like, Oh man, that's not cool. God, I'm, I'm not going to follow you. (laughs) You know, like, what do you follow? Like what you follow a God? What is your God? That's the question. So what God do you serve? Um, but I think the craziest thing of God's judgment is not, like I said before, striking someone dead. Um, I think it's him relieving some protection from us to allow things because we have free will. We have free choice. That's the great thing God gives us, which is also crazy, scary thing that he gives us, but we're not robots. And that goes back to me saying, you know, prayer is a real thing. Um, God wants to, intercede in our lives and he wants us to ask him he wants to 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 count on him and experience him and and experience miracles um and he i truly believe in miracles and um they're still happening like crazy um even though it's really hard it's it's hard to understand 
why it doesn't happen sometimes and we'll never understand. Hey guys, we'll never understand that. And, um, that needs to be, we need to be okay with that and just move past it. But we still have to trust in God, doubt our doubts. Don't doubt God. Don't doubt the unanswered questions that we have because there are so many unanswered questions that I have. Um, but just have faith, man, like, our faith is like sand in our hands, man. Like it's so hard to grasp sometimes. It's like always leaving. It's always leaving. And that's why we have to completely choose to fill ourselves up with, with Christ. Um, like, like a gas tank because it will run out our trust, our faith. If you're not working on it, life is life. It's not fair. It's going to beat you down. And if you don't have the right people around you, if you're not influencing yourself by the right things or the right people, then what other things you're being influenced by, they're going to start to influence your life in a bad way. Um, and I, I, I've experienced that myself, you know. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold it right there. I'm going to stop it right there, and we're going to have the final cut of his interview, the final part of Jared's interview is going to come up in episode 11. Listen, I appreciate you being here. appreciate you listening. Hoping this is speaking life into you. No matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, Jesus loves you and wants you to be in his family. He wants to help make wrongs right, and he wants to just live in and with and through you in this earthly kingdom we live in. So, Come back to see us. If you if you just stumbled into the show, this is the first one you've ever heard. I want to invite you again to go back and listen to our previous episodes. More to come from Spanky in a couple of days, maybe weeks. It'll be here soon enough. Let me say it that way. If you have any further questions, you can find us all over the socials and the internets. Just check out modernchristianmen.com. My name's Kale. Thank you again for listening. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Modern Christian Men podcast. You can find us online at modernchristianmen.com.